Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, Injunction Junction. Dan brings the case against his wife, Carrie. Dan wants to build a model railroad. He'd like to build this railroad in a small switching layout that simulates a switchyard. This type of model railroad does not move in a loop. Carrie says a model railroad is pointless if it doesn't move in a loop. But Dan thinks it could be really cool. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. Copper comes from Arizona. Peaches come from Georgia. And lobsters come from Maine. The wheat fields are the sweet fields of Nebraska. And Kansas gets bonanzas from the grain. Old whiskey comes from old Kentucky. Ain't the country lucky. New Jersey gives us glue. And you, you come from Rhode Island. And little old Rhode Island is famous for you. Bail of Jesse Thorns, where the litigants in. Ba-da-ba-dum-boom. Dan and Carrie, please rise, raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you, God or whatever. I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he's not wearing a hickory-striped cap and overalls? I do. I do. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. Is that what that engineer hat pattern is? Hickory stripe? It's called a hickory stripe. Hickory stripe. Had I only ever known. Uh, I am not wearing such a cap. I am actually wearing a, a linen blue shirt with a little lobster on it. Because lobsters do come from Maine. And I am in Maine with Joel, the Maine man, man, program and operations director here at WERU 89.9 FM. Joel, how are you doing? Really good, Judge. Good to see you. Yeah. Thanks for being here. What's your What's your Instagram account again? Uh, the Maine man. The Maine man on Instagram. Yeah. M-A-I-N-E-M-A-N-N. Correct. Right. Right. And how's that doing? Doing great. I only need 48 more followers. Until what? I hit the 2 million mark. Whoa, 2 million? <laughs> 2 million. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm catching up to the Kardashians. I don't have 95,000. How, how'd you get 2 million? Joel finally decided to put feet on Maine. M-A-I-N-E. <laughs> because of you. That's why, you know, before you go away this summer. Wait a minute. I'm looking at your Instagram. It does not say 2 million. What does it say? It's like almost 2,000. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Thanks. So 2 million and 48 is what we're looking for today. Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Jesse Thorne, nice to be back with you. We missed you when we had Monty on. It's fun with Monty, but it's fun with Jesse. How's your social media, Jesse? I only need 48 more. Until you what? I don't know. I just <laughs> feel like I should at least get as many more as Joel does. That's right. 48. Everyone gets 48. Dan and Carrie, you may be seated. I hope, well, let's get you 48 more followers, each of you at least, for an immediate summary judgment. In fact, I'll add a bonus 48 to the person who's able to guess the cultural reference that I sung when I entered the courtroom. Uh, Dan, let's start with you. That sounds like a uh, promotional video for a uh, for Rhode Island. It's definitely pro-Rhode Island. It's definitely pro-Rhode <laughs> Island, for sure. I'll just, I'm going to throw a hint to both of you to see if you can follow my chain of thought here. So the name of this episode, as offered by Reddit user The Mad Juggler, <laughs> which is a little scary, is... That's just, that's just the name they assign you if you don't pick something. They're like, what? Yeah. The Mad Juggler 39295979 underscore 
nerd. Anyway, the name the name that that we chose from the many terrific ones that were suggested over on the Reddit, Injunction Junction. Now I don't know your ages, and I don't wish to know. But if I were to sing Conjunction Junction, what's your function? Would that mean anything to you? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. So maybe that's a little hint. So a promotional promotional song for Rhode Island. We've put that in the book for you, Dan Carey. Do you have a guess? Well, I, I feel like this has to be some sort of reference to a children's cartoon. Mm. Um, obviously, I'm thinking about Schoolhouse Rock, mm-hmm. but I, I, I'm drawing a blank here. The only children's program I know with with trains was Shining Time Station. So there are a lot of children's programs with trains. Shining Time Station. Who's the tank engine? Thomas, Thomas the tank, the tank engine. engine. Right. You're uh, you're going down the right track, if I may, Carrie, with Schoolhouse Rock, but you're never going to get there because all guesses are wrong. The The reason I sang that song is because it's one of my favorites. It was introduced to me by Monty Belmonte on one of his radio shows long, long ago. The name of that song is Rhode Island is Famous for You. It is by uh, uh, Arthur Schwartz and Howard Dietz, but m- most famously, at least my ear, performed by the great jazz vocalist and pianist, Blossom Deary. Now, Schoolhouse Rock was the first uh, season of Schoolhouse Rock, which is all about multiplication. Three is the magic number, etc. All the songs were written by the great uh, jazzy composer Bob Duro, but Blossom Deary sang the figure eight song and later Unpack Your Adjectives. And Blossom Deary is a really, really cool vocalist. You know Blossom Deary, Joel? You know jazz, don't you? A little bit. Yeah. Blossom Deary. Do you hear? You ever hear of her? No. Okay. No, never have. Well, and I love Schoolhouse Rock. And Schoolhouse Rock was something that existed. It stopped, it stopped being on television in the year 2000, 23 years ago. But I mean, just imagine a time when networks voluntarily provided educational cartoons with really incredible songs, not just about multiplication and adjectives and conjunctions, but also financial literacy and how to avoid debt. It was incredible. I don't know. It should be mandatory watching for everybody who hasn't watched it. Go check out Schoolhouse Rock. Figure Eight is a beautiful song, and Blossom Jerry is a wonderful singer. All right, that was just the thing. Oh, the other thing is this is a, this is an unintentional plug, Dan and Carrie, because Janet Varney and I, as promised, are in the midst of recording our Mottos of the States podcast. And let's just say that this song features prominently in a particular episode dedicated to Rhode Island, our pro Rhode Island episode. And if you want to hear me sing the whole thing because it gets a little wacky check it out it'll be in your members feed thanks again for joining maximumfund.org and supporting us all right dan and carrie you are joining us from michigan usa says here dan that you are an airline pilot and you race cars as a hobby yes two daring professions for an extremely soft-spoken fellow well i don't know how daring either of those really is it's uh i'm a risk manager um I would uh, not like to hear that over the PA if I were flying in a plane with you. <laughs> what kind of planes do you fly? You fly commercially? Uh, yeah, for uh, a airline who uh, will not uh, get a medallion on. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so I fly the Airbus for them. What size Airbus do you fly? Uh, A320 and uh, A320 family. Is that the double-decker one? No, that's the 380. 320 is the, uh, the narrow body. So you need like about 48 more. Yeah, yeah, about 48 more. Everyone needs about 48 more to get that double-decker, I feel like, roughly speaking. 
and Carrie, uh, you, you also, you, you, you were married to this person? Yes. Very good. How long have you been married? About eight months. <laughs> good. That's the perfect amount of time to develop model train problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been, we've been together for about 13 years, so, so oh. most of the stuff has, has shaken out between, between now and then. Stuff has so. festered. <laughs> <laughs> it's well marinated <laughs> well good i'm glad i'm glad to hear that and we'll get into the dispute about it but i just want to say it says here that you have uh you do not fly planes or race cars but you do have 16 sheep we have a lot of librarians on the show carrie as you probably know you almost certainly have the most livestock of any of those librarians <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a librarian, and uh, I started knitting in grad school, and um, seven years later, I, I now have a flock of sheep for the wool. You know, I, I can't you know run out. So it's not uh, required, is it? If you take up knitting to start acquiring sheep? No, but it's optimal. <laughs> what kind of sheep do you have? Uh, I raise Shetland sheep and Gotland sheep. And how and how many do you have currently? Sixteen. Hmm. Seems like you need about forty-eight more. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, who seeks justice in this court? Uh, I do, John. What is the nature of the justice you seek? State your complaint. Well, we both have kind of all-engrossing hobbies, and uh, we are uh, very, uh, very supportive of each other. And I wanted to uh, pick up this kind of minor hobby, and uh, carry. Uh, has uh, interjected herself into the my uh, plans and doesn't think that a switching layout for a model railroad is a legitimate uh, legitimate way to go. So I'm seeking an injunction so I can do as I please with a secondary hobby. So I, I, I'm going to get more into the, the details of what, what a switching layout is compared to a traditional layout, which is, goes in a circle, it goes choo-choo. Your layout would not go in a circle at all. Correct. And Carrie, why do you feel that the train should go in a circle? Well, I think when you picture uh, a model train little village with maybe, you know, a tunnel and and maybe some some pretty trees and like there's there's a whole setup and there's a loop and and it's really quite cute. I was I was I was kind of on board with the idea of having a model railroad set um until he showed me some youtube videos of of ones that people have made and it wasn't what i was expecting they just look really lame they <laughs> the trains are it's a very short track mm -hmm. they just go back and forth it's it's very two-dimensional and i i just think it's really ugly Dan, I've honestly never heard of a model train set that doesn't go in some kind of loop. Normally, what I'm picturing is a basement with about maybe three doors propped up on sawhorses, and then a, a massive landscape made of modeling clay and miniatures, through which a couple of trains make an endless cycle. That to me is like classic dad model train. Do you, and and do you have any kids? No kids. All right. So classic pre-dad or maybe never dad basement model train set. Something that might be featured on the weird dad blog of the year. 
uh, the, the switching layouts, it's uh, it's a thing. It is truly a thing. Uh, there's some standard ways to do it. Uh, you can uh, kind of uh, put trains together. I would hope so. Uh, like you would simulate in a uh, in a railroad siding or a switchyard. It's a uh, it's a little different, but it is a legitimate uh, thing that model railroad people do. Can you describe what it is specifically? So it'd be a one or a number of uh, main line tracks, and then uh, you're going to have uh, spurs that come out uh, from there. Uh, going to they call them industries. So uh, you might have your you know glue factory or whatever on the uh, railroad siding uh -huh. for Shetland sheep. Yeah, well, there you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so you can uh, you know go back and forth and pick up uh, pick up your uh, cars with your uh, locomotive, put the trains together, and then you can uh, you know imagine yourself uh, going off onto the main line from there. So you're describing rather than a picturesque village with hills and little stations and little conductor guys and all of those classical elements that we might imagine. Uh, basically, the pile of train tracks that you go past on an elevated subway once in a while. Absolutely. Right. Just a dirty rail yard where hobos congregate. And did you mention a glue factory? Well, I mean, it's something that you could do. You could draw, you could put in some picturesque little rabid dogs. <laughs> yeah, maybe a, maybe a trash can with a fire in it. But you say you can, you know, you, you put your train together on on the side tracks and then you go onto the main track and you mm -hmm. imagine the journey you will take. And you really have to imagine it because it can't go very far, right? Because it just goes until the end of the track. Go off the edge of the table, yeah. And you sent in some evidence, including a very detailed website that made me feel like I had had a brain injury and can no longer comprehend language. The Model Railways Shunting Puzzles website. Classic shunting puzzles. Ingle Nook Sidings. And this is just the first paragraph. Possibly the most salient feature of Ingle Nook Sidings, the classic British shunting puzzle par excellence, is its sheer simplicity. There may in fact be some modelers who never really look into this shunting puzzle because it may first seem hardly seem to offer much operational challenge. But as is so often the case, first impressions can be misleading. The brainchild of Alan Wright, 1928-2005, is one of those rare examples where a clever and well-balanced combination of a reduced setting and input actually provides an unexpectedly rich end result. And Ingle Nook Sidings is a picture book example of reduce to the max. What is a shunting puzzle, Dan? So what you can do is uh, you kind of randomly place different cars uh, at uh, different spots uh, on the uh, layout there. And then your job is to put together a specific train in a specific order onto the main line there. Oh. So it's, it's uh, a simulation of what... Uh, yeah, what an actual engineer would do. Yeah. It's, it's, like sol it's like solving one of those puzzles that you have, you move tiles around and you try to get a picture together. Correct. And here's a picture of Alan Wright, which we're obviously going to... Uh, well, it's copyright Chris McKenzie. Let's see if we can get uh, the rights from Chris McKenzie... You can go see this at the show page of MaximumFun.org as well as our Instagram account at Judge John Hodgman. I'm going to get uh, Joel Mann to post it on his Instagram too. Judge Hodgman, I'm going to say that our audience can go to our Instagram or to the show page uh, to see it, but it, it taint much to see. It's just, a, it's just a picture of an elderly British man uh, sitting down having typically eccentric elderly British man fun. 
like you would have in his cozy cottage in his cozy village while murders are happening all around him. <laughs> Dan, what is shunting and why does it appeal to you? So shunting is it's the same thing. I, I believe shunting is just the English version of switching here in the U.S. Okay, uh, gotcha. Just a, just a different term for the same thing. But uh, it kind of looks fun. Like, I don't know. It looks like good, medium, medium slash boring fun. You know, something to do on a uh, cold winter afternoon. But, uh, you know, not something that's all engrossing. It's not a whole big, huge thing, which is great. What do you mean? You've had enough of all engrossing things? Well, my, my main hobby with the cars um, uh, takes up the lion's share of my free time. Yeah, you did send in exhibits A through H, and only one of them has to do with shunting. There's just one. The rest is all race car stuff. What kind of car do you race? Uh, this year I'm racing a uh, Honda Fit. A Honda Fit? A Honda Fit, yeah. There's a picture here of you and your father with what looks like a Mini Cooper as well. That is uh, that is true, yeah. I like your commitment to ra racing practical economy cars. <laughs> <laughs> You're really sort of shrugging it off talking about your Honda Fit and your shunting puzzle. It still I, it just strikes me that you you carry people's lives in your hands every day. And oh, people get sick of hearing about it, though. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, it's just a, it's a, just another uh, heavy equipment operator. You know, it's a, no big deal. I, I don't think Dan should start bragging until he adds that second deck. <laughs> Let's take a quick recess and hear about this week's Judge John Hodgman sponsor. We'll be back in just a moment on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast, always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. -A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you, 
It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. In any case, um, so you lo- you love to race cars. Mm-hmm. Another another fun risk management. If you gotta move to model trains, why aren't you moving to like uh, model bullet trains that could <laughs> that could go off the track and take out a, a load bearing wall and you're out home or something? You know, you, you get enough of it. Sometimes you know, medium boring is a good thing. You just want to you just want a calm calm easy shunting puzzle. Exactly. Why shunting? Why now? Why you? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, looking uh, forward here to a, a cold Michigan winter coming up and uh, looking for something a little fun to do. Was there a particular inspiration? Did you find this really web, not even web 1.0, web 0.05 website for the shunting, England exciting shunting puzzle? And you just got it in your head that you wanted to be like that guy or what? What was the inspiration? The YouTube algorithm is, uh, I don't know, very powerful, I guess. And uh, it was suggested to me. And uh, yeah, yeah. You're saying it was this or QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's two, two possible different tracks that you could have taken. I guess I prefer this one. So, Carrie, you, you didn't want to see this stupid thing. How did, how, did, how did Dan first present this stupid thing to you? And how did you feel about it? Uh, When he mentioned, you know, wanting to build a model train set, um, I was initially on board. I I like the idea. I think they're really cute. I think they can look kind of neat. And I like the little um, villages, you know, that we'd see when we go to the hobby shop. Yeah, they got everything. You can get a little courthouse, a little Judge John Hodgman in there, a little Jesse Thorne. Free T-shirts for anyone who sends in pictures of their model train set. That's Judge John Hodgman themed. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, when he showed me a YouTube video of of what he was thinking of, I was I was just really surprised. I wasn't wowed. It was it was it was disappointing. The things don't really go anywhere. the The models are really just kind of flat and bare bones, and it doesn't look cute. What was the action happening on this YouTube video? I saw, you know, a, a sort of flat, planted plane with some tracks on it that cut off at either end and just little trains very slowly moving back and forth. 
like slower than you would think a model train would normally go. This just wasn't what I was picturing in my head. And I feel like if we're going to have this in a shared space in the house, it needs to be something that we both like. Was there an operator vis visible in the in the video? No, not in the one that I saw. So it was just trains moving slowly back and forth, solving problems. It was so slow that you couldn't even tell that there was a problem or what the solution was. <laughs> you say this would go in a shared portion of the house. Where was Dan proposing it be? Initially, I thought it was going to be in the basement because that feels like a traditional place for model trains. But he wants to have it in the den. Mm. Um, the... the you know, it's a space that he uses for his office, but it's also a space that I share. What do you do? You hang out in the den together with any frequency? Yeah, pretty frequently. It's it's the spot in the house where we've got the TV and uh, it's where the dogs like to hang out. So it's kind of the, you know, the spot where we'll sit down at the end of the day. And Carrie, you're interested in knitting to such an extent that you make your own yarn from your own sheep. Would you consider yourself to be the more aesthetically oriented in your marriage? Oh, yeah, probably. How would this train sit in your den? That's a great question for Dan. So the neat thing about these shunting layouts is he can just build them on a shelf. And so I was just going to put a, a shelf above uh, my uh, computer workstation there up on the wall. So it doesn't seem like it takes up a particularly large footprint. I kind of imagined you, Dan, sitting at the den with a little desk in front of you and your shunting problem in front of you, like, uh, what's his, what's his name here? Ye old Alan Wright, rest in power. <laughs> Sitting there solving your problems while Carrie sits next to you knitting. It seemed like a pretty cozy scene. Is this something you're going to keep up on your shelf, though, and bring it down to work on from time to time, or what? Yeah, I think it's something that, yeah, you designed to uh, just uh, pull down off, a, uh, off the shelf and uh, put on the desk. Carrie, uh, it sounds like it's pretty low, low impact in the home. Are you opposed to this because it's butt ugly or because it's just not what a train set should be? Both. I mean, it is butt ugly and uh, the den is already ugly enough. That's the one right, room in go. the house that I'm not proud of. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like it's adding insult to injury to put another really ugly thing in there that I have to look at. What are the other ugly elements of the den? The main ugly element of the den is the couch that we have in there. Mm -hmm. It's a couch that was a hand-me-down from Dan's uncle. It has moved with us across several states. It's, but the dogs love it. And so I haven't, I haven't been able to convince him to, to get it out and get a new couch. Now, regarding this couch that you just mentioned, Carrie, I'm getting word that some evidence has just been entered in for consideration, including a photo of this couch. So I'm going to scroll down here. It says the picture of the couch in Dan's office, complete with sad dog who paradoxically loves this couch. And oh, my word. Oh, my. Uh, as I say on Love <laughs> Island, oh, my days. That is <laughs> that is a grim looking couch, I must say. It's one thing that I cannot unsee. Wow, it really, to say it's threadbare distinctly understates it, but also to say that this sweet greyhound loves it also. 
also understates the matter. It's clear that this greyhound's greatest passion in life is to hang its long droopy face off the edge of this yeah of this sofa. Two of the three seat cushions do not have covers. Yeah, well, you know, greyhounds are famous for their love of putting their butts directly onto uncovered foam rubber. It's just a texture that they love. The arms are threadbare. The seat, the seat is literally uncovered. Like it, it has the wrapping of the foam rubber is forty percent missing. To say nothing of the actual upholstery. This is one of two greyhounds that you have, Carrie. Yes. What are their names? Uh, March and Lola. March is the one on the couch there. Dan, this couch looks pretty bad. What's your connection to this couch? It's there. You know, I'm not going to deny it looks horrible. It does look horrible. It is still comfy, though. Um, and it just, uh, just haven't gotten around to replacing the thing. Carrie, let me clarify something. Because on the one hand, you said Dan has his office in this den. And obviously, he's storing this ancestral couch, which no one should have. I'll be honest with you. This seems like his room. And yet you call it a shared space. Is this his room in the house or is this truly a shared space? I think it started off as a shared space. Um, oh. But when the dogs fell in love with the couch, I, I want to spend time with my dogs. Like if they want to mm -hmm. hang out in a room, I, I don't want to feel rejected. And so I'll go sit with them. Right. And... Uh, you know, if we're hanging out after work, that's where we're at. So I do think it's a shared space. I have two further questions. Do you have a regular living room that you ever hang out in together? We have a regular living room, but we don't hang out in it very much. It's where the dogs hang out. The dogs hang out in the living room when you're at work? Yes. There's a little baby gate that keeps them in. And then do you have a room that is your own, Carrie, just out of fairness? Uh, yes, I do. I have a craft room where I keep most of my yarn and my knitting stuff and have a little cozy chair. Good. Well, I'm glad that everything is in balance here, except the problem is that your dogs are dictating where you live and how you live, which is not uncommon. I mean, we've seen this a lot. Um, I mean, I, I, I almost feel like I need to... and. The fact of the matter is everyone has different taste uh, and different styles of comfort and coziness. But I'm going to say objectively, the couch is trash. I mean, it's trashed, fully trashed. We do throw a blanket over it, uh, you know, and we're not taking pictures, I guess. I kind of feel like setting aside this whole uh, model, model railroad thing and just figuring out what to do about this sofa. I feel like this is a, a bigger issue in your life. Carrie, would you like to get rid of the sofa? Yes. I really want to get rid of this this couch. Sorry, I, sometimes I don't remember what's a couch and what's a sofa. But this is something that happens between me and my wife, who's a whole human being in her own right. I always say sofa, and then she says, no, it's a couch. And then I've said couch, and then no, it's a sofa. And I don't know anything anymore. This couch, this, this couch with, that is well-loved and a terrific dog bed is, in my opinion, no longer fit for humans. Dan, you want to keep it? Well, I, I don't know about wanting to keep it as much as just not wanting to do a replacement. It's a lot of money and messing around. No, 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 no. I, and I'm sensitive to that. I, I, I'm I just trying to get a sense of whether you are um, 
how I put this without being cruel. You see this thing, don't you? Well, you know, it's also nice that I can, you know, have my morning cup of coffee sitting on the couch. And if I spill a little bit on it, it's like no big deal. No, it might even be an improvement. <laughs> but I think what I'm what I'm sensing and tell me if I'm wrong here, Carrie, that. That Dan, would you say it's fair that Dan appreciates comfort, thrift and practicality over style and aesthetic? Oh, definitely. And Dan, does that not also affect your choice of model railroad? Yeah, I mean, uh, it still works as a couch. So, uh, yeah, function over form, I guess. Uh, and But as far as a model railroad goes, I'm, now it's sort of coming into focus to me why your idea of a model railroad is just enough track to watch it go. <laughs> like, just enough track to that it moves. Anything else would be a waste. Waste of space, waste of time, waste of track. Well, I think it's... Yeah, I'm not going to call it superfluous, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Competing worldviews here. Carrie, does this manifest in any other ways? Well, yeah. Um, he's he's kept around a junk car for a long time out in the yard uh -huh. um, because it might have some useful parts. So, all right, this project car that you mentioned, Carrie, we have a photo of it here. And and wow, yes, this is um, this is definitely a yard car. What kind of car was this, Dan? Uh, it was a uh, 2003 Nissan Sentra. It's a two-door. It was blue, but the front, what would you call that, bumper is red? Yeah, yeah, a red. It, it's uh, The fellow I bought it from, I think, took it on a few uh, cornfield excursions, maybe. It looked like that when I bought it, so. Why did you buy it? Why did you buy it? I was looking for a bunch of parts um, to use in uh, one of the race cars, so I scavenge the engine out of there and transmission and a couple of things from the interior. So uh, where is it on the property? It is right in between uh, my shop and uh, Carrie's kind of main holding paddock for the sheep. So it's not only super ugly, it's also in Carrie's way on a regular basis. Yeah, that seems like a very convenient place to have a dead Sentra for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you seem to recognize that this this car does not look good, right, Dan? Would you agree? Oh, no, it's it's absolutely horrible. Um, yeah. Here, in this case, you can look at this and be like, yeah, this is a car from a Stephen King book that if it keep it on the property any longer, it's going to start talking to me psychically and start killing my friends. Well, you know, it's bad when your non-nosy neighbors are asking about it. Have you had any interest at all in someone taking this dead center off your hand? Oh, I would love for it to be gone. All right. We'll we'll post it on our Instagram, our relative social media <laughs> posts. <laughs> See if anyone, how much, how much are you willing to pay someone to take it? Oh, I'd part with 500 bucks to make it go away. There we go. So you can see that this kind of looks n n not up to snuff in the car department. But when you look at the couch in the den, you still see like functional couch. Yeah, I mean, it still does the couch stuff. You can, you know, take a nap on it and the dogs can hang out on it. And if you throw a blanket over it, it doesn't even look all that bad. Dan, you mentioned that, that yours and Carrie's hobbies do not normally interfere with one another. What, what other hobbies do you have aside from hoarding animals, Carrie? Sorry, herding animals. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, yeah, I do. I do a bunch of stuff. So I, like I've said, I 
I I knit. Um, I uh, have been known to make some uh, little model cars. Um, okay. I I paint sometimes. I'm I'm into watercolor. Um, I studied art in college, so you can you can see the the through line here. And um, yeah, I'm just into a lot of stuff. Yeah. I also can see quite a bit of Wallace and Gromit merch submitted in evidence. Yeah, you know, um, I I wanted to to show that you know we can we can decorate cute little things. I think it'd be really fun to decorate a little train village. Um, I'm into like painting the little models and stuff. So, Dan, would you be opposed if you got this uh, this shunting set? Would you be opposed to uh, Carrie decorating it properly or, you know, less depressingly? I, I don't think so. I, I don't know how much a uh, the aesthetic thing might affect the functionality, but it's something that we'd have to uh, uh, we'd have to look into. You'd be concerned that a little model chapel or town hall or whatever might get in the way of the shunting, might distract from the shunting. If you want to do all the aesthetic stuff, there's significant preparation you got to do and all that. You're not just throwing the track down and working the thing. So you got to worry about, you know, all the, how the terrain flows and all that kind of stuff. So um, it'd be extra to do for sure. What about, a, what about, a, what if you were to do a traditional model train set that had a shunting sidetrack for you? Like Carrie makes a traditional model train loop and then there's a, a then there's a shunting puzzle that's connected to the loop. And that is something that, that people do, which is neat. But then you're talking about putting it in the basement. And right. uh, during, the, during the winter, yeah, we have an old farmhouse. So cold, uh, cold, crummy basement in the middle of winter doesn't sound like all that super fun to me. Right. You want to be able to get to your shunting as quickly as possible. Absolutely. You don't have to go down to the basement and sit down there in the cold. Carrie, do you want to have your own model railroad? You know, I kind of think I might. Are you willing to have one in the basement? I don't know about the basement. I might be able to integrate it into the craft room, though. It seems like you, you both have a fair amount of balance in terms of your independence, of your interests, and you have enough space to maintain that independence, which a lot of people don't have. Yeah, we're the, we're the worst kind of, you know... Our best kind of uh, only children. So we uh, do very well uh, kind of doing our own thing and uh, leaving each other be, which is why, you know, so feel violated when my interest has been commented on called, you know, stupid and pointless. Specifically the sh the shunting set or or other hobbies of yours? Oh, no, just she's been wonderfully supportive of of everything that uh, that we've done over the years. And uh, this is like the first case of just like, that is, that's really stupid and pointless. Carrie Dan said that he feels violated by your making fun of his switching set, his shunting table. How do you feel about that? I feel like that's making a mountain out of a molehill, um, if I'm being quite honest. If I was doing something really dumb and had, I don't know, like a, a weaving mill in the house that was ugly and loud... I, I think he would be within his right to say, hey, please don't do that. Dan, tell me the dimensions of the shunting puzzle you want to build. Maybe 
24 or 36 inches long, 12 inches wide. So about the size of a normal bookshelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small. Carrie, you sent in a photo of a shunting puzzle. This is not mm -hmm. the shunting puzzle, correct? This is a, an example shunting puzzle? Yeah, this was one of the examples that I turned up when I was doing my research. It's just so ugly. So did you pick this one because it's the ugliest possible version of a shunting set or because this is the one that Dan wants to build? Well, I think it's the one he probably would build, and, and that's why I picked it. Um, I think that the couch and the Sentra demonstrate the the finish quality we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it seemed like it would probably be representative of what would end up in my house. Right. You don't trust Dan to make a pretty shunting set? No. No. And does Dan's aesthetic of practical over comfortable over aesthetic branch out to other parts of the house or is it sort of contained in the den? In the house, it's it's mostly contained in the den. There's a few household projects here and there that we could prioritize but haven't. But it's it's really minor compared to the den. And why don't you want to hang out in the living room? Why is the living room only suited to be a prison for your greyhounds? Uh, it's it's hot in the summer, uh, cold in the winter. Um, it's just not. It's it's kind of a big room. It's not not a particularly cozy. Is the den the best hang in the house, Carrie? Yeah, it's it's cool. It's kind of dark, and and like I said, it is the spot that the dogs favor. Um, so if I'm going to be sitting down to knit, I don't want, you know, the dogs to be, you know, meandering around, wondering why I'm not following them to the den. Um, it's easier to just end up there. Look, I can just picture those two greyhounds looking over your shoulder, looking over their shoulder at you going, come on, come on. We're going to the room where the whole couch is a giant chew toy. Why don't you want to come with us? <laughs> Dan, if I were to rule in your favor, it says here you'd like me to order that you are allowed to build your shelf setup. And not get any guff about it. That's pretty self-explanatory. I think it is, yeah. Carrie, you want there to be a train set with a landscape where the train goes around in a loop. You want there to be a loop no matter what. Yes. Uh, the loop takes you on a journey. It's it's about, you know, it's, it's how, what you picture when you think of a train set. You need to have it. Mm -hmm. Even though it would probably take up more room in the den than this shunting station which you can easily put away on a shelf yeah okay and dan's workspace he has his computer in the den as well describe yes. what his workspace looks like i'll let dan take that one all right uh, it's uh, uh, medium medium messy i mean uh easily cleaned in 10 minutes not 30 seconds but you have a workshop, don't you, Dan? You mentioned that uh, the Nissan Sentra is blocking access to the workshop or something like that, right? Yeah, there's a, I have a shop out, uh, um, uh, yeah, I have a race car shop. And then, um, yeah, and then I have a little a half a machine shop uh, in part of the basement. And then a little 3D printer upstairs. So it's kind of, my junk is spread out all, all over the place. Carrie, since the den is the best hang in the house and it's where the dogs want to be and you want to be with the dogs and your husband from time to time, do you take issue with his workspace being in the den or is that tolerable for you? That's tolerable. Carrie does have some crimes against aesthetics 
uh, from time to time uh, in the. All right, uh, I'll I'll allow it. <laughs> but but hey, I, I don't have a problem with it because it's part of her hobby. It's part of what makes her happy, and so I can look past it. What are her aesthetic crimes, Dan? You opened this door. <laughs> uh, we have a uh, well. She has a, a hoop house uh, out in the uh, out in the yard that uh, is pretty ugly. But it, Wait, it's, what is it's, a hoop house? Is that a place you go to learn to sneak things into prisons? <laughs> uh, the hoop house is like a greenhouse, but it doesn't have like solid end walls. It's it's like a bunch of of hoops with the plastic sheeting over it. I, I bought a kit online and I built it and it's where I uh, grow vegetables and the chickens like to stay in there in winter. And so it's a nice sort of multi-purpose space. The hoops are like archways that are covered with a tarp. Yeah. Yes. Got it. And Dan, you find this aesthetically unpleasing? It's aesthetically unpleasing, but I mean, it's part of what she needs to do to do her thing. And mm -hmm. uh, so I can I can easily look past it because it's part of what she does to make herself happy. That makes me happy. And then uh, she does uh, uh, the sheep out in the circle drive uh, for that uh, no no mo may deal, and that that's I can live with that. But that's a little that's a little annoying okay. as well. I I feel I feel as though I lost the understanding of English <laughs> there for a second. What is the <laughs> the sheep in the circular drive for no mo may? There's a whole big thing in May where people are not mowing. Uh, their yards oh. to, I Carrie might be able to explain it a little better. Yeah, yeah. So there's this there's this concept of no mow May where you don't mow your lawn in the month of May so that you know the flowers and stuff can bloom and support pollinators and it's supposed to be yeah. you know good for the environment and the bees and all that. Right. Um, and so after I let it grow. Um, through the month of May and in early June, I, you know, I put a little sort of temporary fence around that part of the yard and I put the sheep on there to graze it. It's a it's like an eco-friendly lawn mowing. Yeah, this seems very adorable and cute. Why, what's your opposition to this, Dan? Number one, it makes it so it's not a circle drive. So that can be a little annoying. And uh, it just I don't know, having sheep running around your yard is. Uh, and not out in pastures is a little weird. I just have one more question, only because you both mentioned that you're both only children. And you obviously live on a property in Michigan that allows you with a lot of personal space to build race cars and park dead cars and raise sheep and roost chickens and hoop houses and craft rooms and everything else. I just, and I'm not, asking to be judgmental, but really out of a spirit of hope. Do you happen to have separate bedrooms that are separated by a reflecting pool? Uh, that's what that couch is. All right. That is where, if I can't sleep, I go down and uh, sleep on the crummy couch. All right. I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I'll be back in a moment. I'm going to go into my legal hoop house uh, and I'll do some hula hooping as I meditate, you know, for the kids. I'll be back in a moment with my verdict. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Dan, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. You think the switching thing's going to happen? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think there's going to be probably a good compromise. Would be my guess. 
put it out in the hoop house. That work. Carrie, how do you feel? You know, I'm feeling pretty good. I think that the evidence has shown that Dan can have these hobbies and they, they just kind of turn into a, a giant car in your yard. And I I just don't want to see that with our <laughs> our house. So I, I think we're we're pretty good. Well, Dan, Carrie, we'll see what Judge Hodgman has to say about this when we come back in just a moment. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, the Van Freaks Roadshow is in full effect. Right now, as this podcast releases, we are in the islands off the coast of Western Europe. That's right. Dublin, headed to London, England. That's right. Going to do Joe's at King's Place and have a great time at that London Podcast Festival. Then we're headed back across the pond with first a tour through the Midwest and Southwest, then all the way up the East Coast from Atlanta to Brooklyn, New York City. Yeah, Atlanta is technically a coastal city, I think. I think that's a, if you ask around Atlanta, they'll say, yeah, technically we're part of the coast. Lexington, Kentucky, Chicago, Illinois, Madison, Wisconsin, St. Paul, Minnesota, Austin, Texas, and then Atlanta, Durham, Charlottesville, Washington, Portland, Boston, and Brooklyn. And I'm talking about Portland, Maine, of course. We're going to some of our very, very favorite theaters to see some of our very, very favorite audiences that we've seen before and played for before, plus brand new places where I've never been in my life. I'm looking at you, Lexington and Charlottesville. Can't wait to visit new places and to be out there on the road with you. We'll have surprises, special guests. We'll sing songs. We wear outfits. Jesse dresses like Bull from Night Court. I dress, I have some Canadian jurist robes that I got. Judge Hodgman, I have a badge that I wear that I had to send in a fax certifying that I wouldn't use it to impersonate an officer of the right. law. There's no better way to certify a thing than sending in a fax. It just makes it legal. Yep. And we'll have special merchandise that you can't get anywhere else. And um, we mentioned last last time, uh, we do stand up during the show. We, uh, we, we, we move around on stage. We have visual elements. We have so much on the show that you never get to hear if you just listen to the live shows on the podcast. So much happens in those rooms. I can't even begin to tell you. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So go get your tickets at vanfreaksroadshow.com. Also, submit your disputes. If you live in any of these cities, 
think of who's wrong in your life about something and just go ahead and write to us via vanfreaksroadshow.com. You'll see the prompt when you go there, vanfreaksroadshow.com, including the incredible new illustration by Tom DJ of Jesse and I maniacally riding a Mitsubishi <laughs> Delica to hell, basically. It's incredible. Vanfreaksroadshow.com. Go check it out. Thanks to everyone in Dublin who came. Cannot- Judge had to send Tom an email. Please moderate the blood red streaks in our eyes. Yeah, make it more psychedelic. Make the wheels bigger. Make the flames larger. But we don't need the red the red streaks in our eyes. Make our make Jesse's grin more maniacal. Make my terror more palpable. Is an incredible illustration. Thanks, Tom DJ, for making it. And uh, you can only see it right now at vanfreaksroadshow.com. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom and presents his verdict. You know, first of all, I should say, uh, I take it back, Dan, when I said that I would feel nervous if my pilot got got on the PA and said, I just consider this to be a risk management exercise. I I might I might feel like, okay, that's a different point of view. But the truth is, I would be happy to fly on any plane that you were piloting. Because you're no Tom Cruise maverick. You're you are as as appropriate for any fixed wing aircraft unflappable, <laughs> calm, collected, and and someone focused on the practical and getting from point A to B and then going literally back from B to A, which is how a lot of plane travel goes, right? You know, there are, there are routes that go in a circle, sort of, but mostly you go from one city to the other and then turn around and go back and go back to the other, et cetera, et cetera. And honestly, that's how most train lines go, too. The idea that trains go in a circle as a philosophy is... Um, artificial. That said, model train sets should be in a loop. I've always wanted to have model train set. You know, we got, we got one of the weird dad blogs of the year up there over at the weird dad blog of the year website, which you can find through our show page of uh, one of these weird dads is making an incredible model train set every year for the holidays. And I look to look at looping model train sets. I've always wanted to have a, a huge model train set in my basement full of all little details with a little graveyard and people actually attending a funeral in the graveyard, just mm-hmm. microscopic detail. You know, it's like, yeah, when we fly, we fly to mock God or whatever, but we model train set build in order to be God or whatever and create a world. I had never heard of a shunting puzzle before. And I'll be honest with you, Dan, it freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> I did not understand it. I did not understand what the appeal could be. I did not understand what Alan Wright was doing at his weird, cozy little British table. Until you explained to me that it is truly a puzzle. You are putting cars in order in the complicated way that engineers of linear actual trains have to do it in a switching station. (laughs) Or as they say in England, I guess, a shunting pitch. (laughs) this is something that is completely different from a model train set now carrie i appreciate your trepidation here because you have seen and witnessed and lived with the places where dan's imagination takes him to ever increasing speeds on a racetrack in cars that are unfit for speeds higher than 35 and then there is that old nissan sentra in the yard scrapped for parts with no plan for what to do with it afterward. 
quite honestly, Carrie, if Dan, given his track record, literal track record, were to be proposing an actual or traditional model train set, then I'd be worried for you because then I feel like it would get too big and too out of hand and would take up too much space and would totally overflow into the den, which is already a shared space that is that is a place where you are 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 not entirely comfortable because even though it is a shared space, the couch belongs to the dogs and the junk belongs to Dan. And having a full model train set in there would totally edge you out at that point. But Dan doesn't want to build one of those things. And for that, I mean, if I were in your shoes, I'd be grateful. He just wants to build a big puzzle that uses model trains that can live on a shelf. To me, this is inherently reasonable and I am going to allow it. But before you celebrate, Dan, we need to have a talk about this couch. <laughs> I'm very sensitive. I, I don't want to, to come at you and say that what you love about this couch, you shouldn't love. You love what you love. You like what you like. It's fine. In my very strong opinion, this couch has seen its day. And if you are willing to spend $500 on a shunting station or pay someone $500 to take a Centro away or both, I would take one of those $500 if it's within your budget to upgrade that couch, not restore it, not throw a blanket over it, but get a couch that is dog friendly and dog resistant, but more to the point, carry friendly. I'm also going to order that you really, that you tidy up your workspace. If it is not tidy, do the best you can. Make sure that the shunting station that you build fits tidily in that shelf above so you can take it down and put it back and it's not going to be all over the place. And I'm going to order that you allow and indeed work with Carrie to decorate it and make it not look like a blasted plane of Mordor. <laughs> but insofar it does not interfere with the shunting, give it a little bit of, give it a little bit of cozy shunt. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that she can have some fun with it too. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Carrie, how do you feel? I'm really pleased with the ruling, even though it wasn't technically in my favor. Um, it, it sounds like we're going to get a new couch and uh, I'll get to do some decorating on this shunting station. Do you got any big ideas? Uh, definitely some fall foliage. Dan, how do you feel? No, I'm feeling good about this. I'm really feeling good about it. It wouldn't hurt to get a new couch either. It'd be a little bit to get used to, though. Dan, Carrie, uh, thanks for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Another Judge John Hodgman case in the books. In a moment, we'll have swift justice. Our thanks to Redditor the Mad Juggler for naming this week's episode Injunction Junction. Join the conversation over at the Maximum Fun subreddit. That's MaximumFun.reddit.com. That's where we've been asking for those title suggestions. Evidence and photos from the show are posted on our Instagram account at Instagram.com slash Judge John Hodgman. Make sure to follow us. We've been giving people the opportunity to guess at the cultural reference there via the medium of video. Video. We've pivoted to video. 
you can see what it looks like inside the studios of a real community radio station in Maine. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to do a video tour of the station before I head back to Brooklyn in a few weeks. I'm going to do a whole video. Joel, would you mind if I did that? I'd be glad to take you on that journey, John. Okay. We're going to do a tour. John, do you know that joke, uh, what's a twain? Uh, about three pounds. It's uh, what a wabbit takes when he goes on a twin. <laughs> okay. Judge uh, John Hodgman, created by Jesse Thorne and John Hodgman and ended forever by Jesse Thorne just now. This <laughs> no. episode engineered by Bob Wittersheim at Audio Acres in Chelsea, Michigan, and by Joel Mann at WERU in Orland, Maine. Marie Barty runs our social media, our producer, the great Jennifer Marmer. Now, Swift Justice, where we answer small disputes with quick judgment. Emma says, my partner wears jeans, pants, or shorts any time that he's not in bed. I think he should get some lounge pants and embrace his comfy self. He says he's perfectly comfortable in his leg prisons. <laughs> I don't know what kind of formal tweed trousers Emma's partner is wearing when trying to lounge in the divan or what have you. I'm sure that he's perfectly comfortable. And as long as he's not wearing his pants to bed, I feel okay with it. That doesn't mean, Emma, that you can't poke around, say, on I don't know, a website or a Stitch Fix. I'm just saying, see if there might be something a little bit less structured, a little bit more cozy for him to wear that you could throw his way come holiday time. See if he takes the bait. But I don't think you can compel him to wear athleisure any day of the week. If he's comfortable in his pants, that's the way he's comfortable. Just don't wear your pants to bed. That's the only thing I say. We need cases, John. Yes, we do need cases. Specifically, we need robot cases. Or as we used to say, robot cases. I'm looking for disputes between your friends, your coworkers, your parents or whatever about, like, who are the best robots in science fiction? Is it like R2-D2 or Vincent from the Black Hole? Who's the cuter? Who's the cuter robot? <laughs> Which of the Boston Dynamics robots are the scariest? They're all terrifying, but which is the one you would not want to meet in a dark hallway? Anything and everything to do with robots, we want to hear your disputes about it. Whether they are real world, thought experiments, philosophical disputes, whatever they are, get your robots. And if you, have a, if you can bring your robot on the, on the show with you, that'd be terrific too. We also need all kinds of disputes, especially ones that come from the many cities to which we are traveling on our Van Freaks Roadshow Tour. So if you live in one of those places, make sure to go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO, submit your case, and let us know that you live in one of the places to which we will be traveling. Uh, let us know where you live when you submit that case because we are looking for local cases. This is a circuit court situation. We judge real cases live on stage. Yeah, yeah. We need cases in places. MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. Don't think your dispute is too big or too small. We judges them all. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.